everybody. I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vinny Sabatello. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country. We had been releasing a new episode every other Wednesday, but then we had a global pandemic and our work life became Ross from Friends, constantly shouting pivot. So we are doing our best to come back strong. Uh, shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance. They are the uh, sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp. So check them out if you need some updated coverage. Great. So with us today, actually, this is a second time guest. You might remember from one of our previous episodes that wasn't that long ago, Roseanne DeTorris of DeTorris and DeGeorge Family Law, um, who I also hear is our new WBLC Women Business Leaders Council Chair. So hey, I say hi, introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Hi, Vinny. Hi, Kate. Thanks for having me. I'm Roseanne DeTorris. You're so welcome. Thanks for uh, being flexible with our, our new post-COVID. Actually, I'm told it's not post-COVID until there's a vaccine. The new the new way that we live with all of this fun technology. Thank you for your patience with us. Maybe like post-reality. Like what we knew is reality. That, that's gone. And now this is post that. So maybe. Exactly. It's got to be exactly. a good word for like post-in-person or post-face-to-face. Yeah. Life no longer is face-to-face. Right. <laughs> all video. <Yeah. laughs> So we were on a call with somebody her. yesterday who was telling us that she does like 10 Zoom meetings a day. Yeah. Which is just crazy. You know? Yeah. It is a lot. Actually, you know her. Shout out to Sally Glick. Shout out. <laughs> I, I believe that she does 10 Zooms a day, and I don't envy her that at all. That's crazy. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> all right. So today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? And I mean binge watching on TV. Or maybe not TV, but, you know. Roseanne, let's start with you. I was binging, what was it called? Uh, Marcella. Yeah, it's I heard a, that. Yeah, it's a British uh, cop show. She has PTSD from uh, the loss of a child, a baby. It's really well written. There's a big uh, reveal at the end. I'm not going to give it away. Um, yeah, watch that through and through. Three seasons. I heard it. Yeah, I heard that it's like multiple seasons. I started watching the first season probably five years ago, and it just got lost in the shuffle. And I think I need to like revisit it because I've heard great things. I'm now watching uh, Turn, which is about the American Revolution and the spies. I love history. Yeah. Uh, so we, don't have, we don't have regular TV, so we, we always just binge, you know, watch uh, streaming. We stream. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. I got rid of cable a long time ago. Vin, mm. what are you binging? Oh, me? Oh. <laughs> All right. I haven't <laughs> yeah. really been binging any shows lately. I, I think the last one I did was um, Jessica Jones. I, I, I had put off the last season for just forever. And I, I finally caught up on that. But I've mostly just been trying to fit in movies where I can. Um, I saw, oh, what was it? The other night I watched Weird Science for like the first time. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like 80s movies that like I probably ought to have seen, but just didn't. I mean, it didn't age like super well. And from what I understand, it wasn't like well reviewed at the time either. But I was a big fan of the TV show growing up. That was kind of like my era. So I, I always meant to see the movie that it was based on. 
I don't remember a TV show of the same name. Yeah, today, if it was like today, it would have been on like the Sci-Fi Network or something. It wasn't like a big hit or anything, you know? Huh. But yeah, I've I've been really into the idea that like older movies are kind of coming back in a big way like lately. Um, I don't know if you knew this, a couple weeks ago, the number one movie in America, when I say that, I mean like what's pulling in the most money at the box office was Jurassic Park from 1993. And this week it's Ghostbusters. And when I heard that, I was like, I, I got to get in on that. So um, we're actually going to pack up the kid and go to a drive-in theater to see Ghostbusters tonight. I'm really excited about that. Where's the drive-in? Uh, it's it's yeah, Vineland. I think it's called Delcy or something. I, I Googled it. I haven't been there before, but I'm going. <laughs> so I, I hope it's there. I didn't know there was I know there's one in uh, Pennsylvania, like in the Poconos, sort of in yeah. the Poconos. Walnut, um, oh, it's Walnut something. Um, I, I've been to that one, Becky's, and uh, I enjoyed yeah. that. Very cool. Yeah. All right, so I'm what about you? Yeah, Life in Pieces, which is a little bit similar to Arrested Development in that it's this kind of big, crazy family, and there are all these weird subplots going on every week. Um, but the gimmick is that every week they have four different stories and each story has its own title. So there's the main show and then each there's each subplot has four different titles. Um, and it's really funny. James Brolin is in it. And the first time I saw him, I thought, oh, look at that, Don Johnson's got a TV show. And then I was like, wait, that's not Don Johnson. Is that Barry Bostwick? Who, who is that guy? I'm just, it's a comedy. I'm not used to seeing James Brolin in a comedy. You know, it was funny. And Diane West is in uh, Men in Black 3. He played like the younger Tommy Lee Jones. He was hilarious in that. No, James Brolin, not Josh Brolin. Oh, I mixed them up. I, I don't know who James Brolin is then. <laughs> Sorry. He's he's the dad. Yeah, he's yeah, older. He's of Josh Brolin, and he's Mr. Barbara Streisand, I think. That's oh. right. Married to Barbara Streisand. Okay. I know, right? Yeah, so technically he probably doesn't need to work. This must be just like fun for him, right? Mm. <laughs> Must be nice, but right? <laughs> the thing that keeps me coming back because it's kind of a medium show. It's not, it's not art, you know. But the thing that keeps me coming back is Diane West's or Weiss. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Her voice, when you when, like listening to her talk, she's so soothing and calm and sweet and gentle. I could listen to her talk for hours. I think, and I just love her voice. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's great. Melodious voice. Mhm. <laughs> she's got a great voice. I'm gonna send you a link later. You'll you'll uh, you'll think. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would like that. Okay. <laughs> so Roseanne, the last time you were on, you told us what you do. Um, but refresh the audience's memory, and then let us know what you've been up to recently. I will help you lose the weight of an unhappy marriage. I'm a uh, <laughs> I, uh, managing partner of a small law firm that just does family law and divorce. There's four attorneys. We have offices in Morristown and Clinton, which is out in Hunterdon County. We settle 99% of the cases we take without going to court. So we have a very good track record of getting people to resolve their differences without heavy litigation. I'm a trained mediator. Um, and uh, that's what we do. And business awesome. is good. How, how has it been um, as a small business one day being at the office and then the next day everybody's virtual managing everybody from from a great distance how has that been for you 
personally, it's been a uh, few challenges, not, not many. I've always been on the go, working off a laptop, uh, now working from home. I uh, came back from Ireland on March 14th. I went to my office on the Sunday, the 15th. I got some stuff. And I really have not been back. I've been back twice very for very brief periods of time. Managing the team remotely, we were already set up to do remote working. Everybody had a laptop or access to our system. In case of snow, we do get a good bit of snow. People do commute to my, to my place of business. So that was not a problem. And um, for the most part, people are willing to do phone consultations and meet with me by phone. Some people can do the Zoom. A lot of people don't like it, um, but everything is, you know, business is still going on. We had a very quiet April. I think it took a, a good six weeks for people to get used to the idea of, yeah. you know, this is our new normal. Uh, but since then, it's been, you know, business has really picked up. The team is great. I do think, though, that because I don't have face to face with them. I need to check in with them more. I need to spend time on the phone with them because it's not the day to day. I walk by their office. We chit chat. How was your weekend? What are the kids doing? We don't have that anymore. And that bonding that takes place that builds a culture and loyalty between, you know, among the team members. So from, you know, that's the change that really has that, that needs to be made that, you know, I spend more time on the phone with them. Mm-hmm. and. Just, you know, checking in with them. I thought about it the other day. It's it's going to be, I guess we're, we're going back to the office, at least at the moment, the plan is in September. So that's, that's a whole half a year, at least that, you know, mm-hmm. most of my coworkers, I won't see, you know, and yeah. it's crazy when you think about that. Like there are certain people who I interact with more now because, you know, my job, you know, like I, I talk to Kate often, but there are a lot of people in the office who I haven't talked to at all since March, you know, just because my, my career, my job doesn't cross paths with theirs. You know, they try to get, um, we have like a a team hangout. It's like, um, a coffee house kind of thing. And they picked like eight in the morning to do that for some reason, which is just like, if you wanted me to not come to something, you know, social, do it at eight in the morning, you know, like every Monday or something. So I I don't get to go to those, you know, but yeah. Either. It's just a little yeah. too early. I'm I'm still getting my head around like what the day is going to look like. And uh, yeah. but I had another question for you, Roseanne. Um, one of the headlines that I've seen quite a lot during the pandemic is that the the level of domestic abuse um, and violence has ha- has increased, or it's becoming more obvious. I'm not sure which is is the truth. And I know you're going to do um a webinar for us on July 23rd to talk about that. But what are you, are, are you seeing um, an increase in, in what you're hearing as well? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, um, it's troublesome because when you live with your abuser and you're in proximity as COVID uh, compelled people that had uh, violent relationships or, um, relationships that came under the umbrella of domestic violence, because it can include a lot of other things besides just violence, you know, physical violence. Um, It really brought to the head, you know, that these were, you know, this, this type of behavior is taking place. And um, the problem has been that 
uh, victims are less likely to report or to get help because the abuser is so present in the home. You know, when your abuser goes to work or leaves the home and goes off to do their normal day-to-day pre-COVID, whatever they did, that gave the victim opportunities to seek help, to, to, to talk to agencies. And so even though we think that the domestic violence incidences of domestic violence is going up, the reporting has gone down. And that's what's concerning us. So in the recent, and I want to say just the last two weeks, we've gotten more calls for people that are seeking help in an abusive relationship than we did since March altogether. So uh, I think people are getting, they're realizing that they've got to figure out how to do it, even if their abuser is nearby. Yeah, it's like they're getting to the breaking point and and they're realizing the pandemic isn't going away. They no. they it's like make or break. They have to they have to get out in order to live, in order to survive. Yeah, and you know, if I could just give a plug for the victims, you know, get help through the agencies that are available in your county that we, where you live because that almost every county in New Jersey has a agency that will help and support you, provide you with counseling, either free or on a sliding scale. And if they don't, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Uh, mm-hmm. It's easy to Google that and look that up. It's an 800 number. I'll put the number at the bottom of the screen at this point in the show. That would be awesome. Thank you, Vinny. But that's where you would start. I mean, we, you don't have to go to see an attorney. You know, I can also help you, counsel you, and 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 help you figure out how to be protected in your home. But uh, initially, victims need to know about the cycle of domestic violence and how to stay safe in the home. And then we can start talking about, okay, how do I get out? What is my life going to look like? What about my kids? How do I stay supported? What about who's going to pay for my support and all those other things? But first things first. How do I stay safe in the home and understand what's happening? Because a typical cycle of violence is violence occurs. Then there's this sort of honeymoon phase where they plead for forgiveness. They They woo you, reel you back in. You give them another chance. And it repeats itself over and over. So speaking of that, um, you mentioned just a minute ago that violence is, is sort of this broad category, but not all incidents fall under like a violent, like a punch or a, a you right. know, slap or anything like that. Can you talk a little bit about the, the varying degrees of yeah. like emotional of, debut? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So so the most common form of what we call domestic violence is harassment, which does not have to include any kind of physical touching. It could be name calling, calling me at odd hours of the night. Uh, it could be, you know, vul- the use of vulgarity, blocking my path, you know, stealing my cell phone, my handbag, my wallet, and not letting me leave the room, following me from room to room, blocking my car in the driveway. So that all comes within the umbrella of harassment, which is domestic violence. Then you could have stalking, showing up at my place of business, showing up where I am. I go to I go to work. I see your car in the parking lot that kind of sort of scary behavior. Terroristic threats, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna, you know, I had one guy tell his wife, I'm gonna cut you up in so many pieces, nobody will ever find you. Um, Yeah, Um, 
that's we, we call that terroristic threats. Um, kidnapping, you know, which is just what it sounds like. And then you have assault and battery. You know, that's when, you know, assault, actually people think touching is assault, it's battery is the touching. Assault is actually putting you in fear of bodily harm. Not doesn't even have to include touching. So a lot of different act behaviors and actions that come under that umbrella. And, um, you know, we do help people when they've decided they want to get protection. We do help them decide and, and articulate to the court which of those uh, types of behaviors is occurring in their in their relationship. Because the proofs are, you know, evidence is different for each one, you know. Sure. Different way to proceed in the trial, depending on what the claims are, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the uh, the hotline before. Do they have places where people can go now? I mean, I imagine that's part of the problem during COVID is that, you know, you're you're stuck in the house. There's nowhere where you can maybe like if you would normally go to a friend's, you can't do that. I, I don't know. Like they do have shelters, emergency shelters and long term shelters. For example, in Morris County, JBWS is the uh, agency that helps victims of domestic violence. They have emergency and long term residences. Uh, depends on the county what is available to people. But that is something that the agency can help you with. The, the nice thing about a, getting a restraining order against somebody, which is what you do when you ask the court for protection, is that the other party gets removed from the home. So you don't have to leave, technically. Wow. Oh, okay. You can leave if that's something you feel you need to do. But the beauty and power of the TRO or temporary restraining order is that the abuser has to leave and they're barred from returning until the court can hear both sides. I hadn't actually considered that. I just thought of like escaping, you know, but yeah, yeah they're, they're them. <laughs> yep, they, yeah. So you get rid of them, right? Why should you leave? And that makes sense if you think about it. This is so interesting. I could I could talk about it for forever. I feel like it's something I've always been kind of passionate about. Um, but we don't have you forever. We need to talk about all kinds of other things. So I'm going to pivot. That's our new favorite word. Um, you know that we're launching the Women Business Leaders Council this month, and you are the brand new chair. So do you want to talk a little bit about that initiative and what your role is going to be? Yes, so uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm really excited. We are going to be doing virtual events each month uh, you, uh, with uh, women of influence and power that have uh, something to share that is gonna be meaningful to, to our audience. And now, typically our audience is, is, is women, but men are you know, happy to join in. Uh, members of NJBIA, can attend as well as non-members yep. and there's going to be sponsorship opportunities uh, the njbia reach is, is extensive so if you want to raise your brand awareness certainly you know reach out to me or kate and uh, there are sponsorship opportunities uh, uh, i don't know the specific numbers but kate you can you can tell the audience that about how many people are on the email list and all that but it's in the thousands um, yep. And so our first speaker is uh, next uh, Wednesday, the 15th, Carrie Barrett. She is uh, an amazing, um, uh, I would, I would characterize her as a consultant. She does marketing. Uh, she 
does brand messaging. She, I've heard her speak on, you know, how to look on Zoom. You know what, you know, because there's a lot of people using Zoom out there in the professional world that are, um, you know, they don't have their camera in the right place. They don't have the right clothes on. They don't, you know, they don't, you know, they're the 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 camera's on their lap and we're looking up at their chin and you know that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, you know, the best of my abilities right now, I'm using <laughs> Carrie's advice because we had her on a webinar. She told me popping bright colors, um, you know, get close to the webcam enough that there's maybe like a couple inches above your head. Try to center yourself as best as you can. And I've got the ring light. It's not in a position I could really get it where it ideally needs to go just because of the room I'm in right now, but I'm doing it. So that's a perfect. Yeah, and, um, so uh, her um, topic. Let's see, what is the topic? Do you remember? I believe she's going to be talking about her journey to success. And she yes. is an Emmy Award winning journalist and yes. uh, formerly a TV anchor. So she's got a really interesting story to tell. And I am really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And mm -hmm. so that's going to be our first uh, uh, speaker. Then we're going to have a wonderful woman from Sobo Company, Sally Glick, is going to be talking about the importance of happiness in our professional yeah. lives. So, you know, I, I go to a lot of meetings and events, and this is going to be the first time I have uh, heard this topic. So I'm really excited about that. Sally is a mover and a shaker. She is a connector. She's a go-giver. She is sort of the relationship guru of Sobel, which is an accounting firm. Really excited. Then in uh, September, we have Rachel Durkin from Paradigm Marketing and Design uh, talking about her journey to success. We've got every month there out uh, after uh, lined up with speakers, excellent speakers. So we're really excited about it. Um, we want to bring like-minded people together. We're going to uh, incorporate some Q&A, and it may be that during the you know future months we we change some formats. We may be able to include some networking, but we're going to you know take all suggestions and uh, provide a forum for women of influence to reach our audience and for uh, like-minded people to join in that discussion and to uh, raise their brand awareness, to network, and so forth. So it's going to be great. I could not have said that better myself. That was so perfectly done. I feel like you've been practicing. <laughs> well, you know, lawyers' words. <laughs> there you go. That's true. Very good point. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to play Offler Awesome. And I'm so excited. I haven't played this game in oh. 17 weeks, probably. <laughs> so we'll see you in a minute. And we're back, and it is now time to play Awfuler Awesome. Uh, before we do that, though, I have to give a shout out to Tara, Vinny's lovely and wonderful better half. She made these fantastic branded cups that has got my name on it. I love Not it. Not so cups, much. just the one. She made you one. I didn't get one. You didn't get one. <laughs> I'm still rocking 1.0, which we still love, by the way. You know the the I awesome OPB mug, but yeah, I didn't get one of those. Awesome, <laughs> Tara. Okay, so we're going to play Awful or Awesome. I'm going to name three things, and we have to each decide quickly if they're awful or awesome, and be prepared to defend your answers. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready. First up is COVID hair. And by that, I mean 
all of the hair that's not being cut or colored or trimmed or anything right now. I am, I'm up to my, my eyeballs in, in hair. It's all over my, my floors. I just keep shedding. It's not <laughs> <laughs> At least it's there and not on the head, right? You know? Wait, what? At least it's on, you said you're just shedding, it's on the floor. It's not on your head growing out to oh, here then. Yeah. yeah. I guess I should brush it more. God knows how much of it is shed. But or no, vacuum. You know, that's a thing. <laughs> Come on, Vin. I Come on, no one's that. coming over in the COVID. We don't need to make things nice. <laughs> exactly, it's fine. All right, so I'm on awful. What do you guys think? Roseanne? Awesome. Oh, natural. Sure. But, okay. Who we really yeah. are. No hair That's color, no nail polish, no manicures. No. You know, my gray, I colored my hair dark. It's You could see my natural colors light. Um, I like I think your hair. Great. I think it's mm -hmm. great. And I'm mm. prepared to go back, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. This is what yeah. I really <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I had this idea in the beginning of this that, you know, if the barbershops and everywhere were closed, then I could just let it grow out. I'd have that whole like Anakin Skywalker, Harry Potter, like long hair thing going on. Ooh. It didn't work out. It doesn't grow that way for me. It's just like super bushy. So we got to a point where I just had to like break down and let Tara cut my hair. And that was the most nerve wracking experience of my life. You know, shout out to her for your cup. I, I guess the same thing for the haircut, but like, you know, it was, it was one of those experiences that was maybe like uh, a month and a half ago. So I'm getting ready, you know, time for another one. And I, I, I'm not sure if I want to jump back into that, uh, fryer there, but yeah. Yeah. But before <laughs> I could maybe put up a before and after actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. This would be the after. I'll definitely have a photo of the before because I remember what made me say like I absolutely have to get my hair cut now is that um I went to the office to pick actually this up among some uh, filming equipment that I needed and um I took a, a selfie outside the building and I'll have it and my hair just looks like insane like just insane and uh, I was uh, so I, I came home and I was like fine cut whatever you want. <laughs> like you're defeated like fine it was i i didn't even post it i wanted to post like a selfie and be like oh i'm at the office isn't that weird and i was like no i can't put this hair up <laughs> hilarious okay yeah. good good answers next up is working from home wait, wait, wait. before we leave covid hair though you know shout out you know to our our barber shops and salons and everywhere i hope that i i honestly from the bottom of my heart hope they can open soon. I don't know what the solution is. I hope that we can maybe trust them to figure it out. I was thinking yesterday, maybe if like the barber or hairstylist wore the mask and then you had to hold a mask on yourself and they were kind of facing the other way, maybe that would help. I don't know. But I've been thinking about that for all of a day. Other people who've probably been thinking about this a lot longer than me can maybe come up with a solution. So hopefully that'll happen soon. Fingers crossed. I agree. Yeah. Shout out to those guys. Because I don't want Tara cutting my hair again. I want to go back to the pros. <laughs> so, wow. Such yeah. a lack of trust. She I did know, a good I job. I guess, but, you know, it's <laughs> scary. Yeah. Calm down. She has right. no cosmetology degree, so. <laughs> yeah. You're terrible. All right. I Next know. up, working from home. 
I'm gonna go ahead and say awesome. My commute is gone. I get to exercise twice a day. I get to spend time with my beloved pets. They, they just want nothing more than to hang out with me and I'm so grateful that I get to hang out with them. I don't have kids, so it's not like I'm juggling the, you know, teaching and all of that stuff. Um, I think I would be fine working like this indefinitely. I hate to say that, but I'm okay with it. I'm loving it. Roseanne? Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Changed my lifestyle in the beginning of the day, which I really cherish now. Um, I really love my morning routines. Uh, my mom lives with me. She's going to be 93. So it's, uh, it's great that I'm here. She, um, she's in the house doing her thing and I can be present for her. I have also two puppies that, you know, they love having me here. So I can, I can dig it. And I, I don't, I have chill. I, my daughter gets mad when I say I don't have children. I don't have young children. She's like, mom, you have a child. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I know. But I don't consider, you know what I mean? Like I don't have little kids that I, I really feel for those people. They're trying to do work from home with the little kids running around. I couldn't do it. I'd be, yeah. I'd be like the first one out the door in the morning. I gotta go the to work. Struggle is real. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I, I I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah, awful. Yeah. I'm gonna go awful. <laughs> I've got a three-year-old who, not two minutes ago, was calling my name. So I, I was bracing myself for her slamming through the door and you know interrupting this. But I guess <laughs> she couldn't find me and she moved on with her life. I don't know. <laughs> It's it's a real struggle, you know. I uh, I I do like you said enjoy you know you know missing out on the commute and kind of setting your own hours in a lot of ways, but oh, <laughs> it is such a struggle to try to keep her entertained, educated, you know, while you're also trying to do other things. You know, like I do a lot of techie kind of stuff. You know, mixing I'm mixing audio while I'm listening to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse in the background. You know, it's <laughs> I can't wait to go back. <laughs> I can't wait to go back. Oh man! All right. Kids and the last one. Kids watch Barney still, or no? That's old. I think she's not there yet. I mean, she did actually like Barney for a little while. Um, I, I, yeah. Right now, it's it's all Mickey Mouse. Like, um, we got the Disney Plus, and you know, you throw on an episode of something, not realizing this will be the next obsession. But you're just like, oh, Mickey Mouse and his pals, you know, and they got a clubhouse. That sounds fun. And that has been a lot. By the way, <laughs> sidebar. Can we yeah. can we sidebar for one second so that you can say to the audience what you said to me not long ago about Disney Plus and Hamilton? Remember all the grief that you gave oh, me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, in a previous episode of the show, we were talking to, I guess it was Cam Mayo from NJM. And yeah. we talked about um, Hamilton. And... Kate had said that she hadn't seen the show before, you know, but that she had listened to the soundtrack. And I, I gave her some grief about that. I was like, why would you listen to a soundtrack for a musical you haven't seen without the context of everything in between the songs? It just, it, it either wouldn't make sense or you'd be missing out on stuff. At worst, you'd be getting spoilers for how it ended and all that. And uh, now that I've, I, I haven't gotten to see the whole thing. I was going to talk about this on our next episode after I finished it because Chloe interrupted us. But from the first half, I was like, oh, there are no parts of this show that aren't musical. So, you know, the whole thing is just one big soundtrack. So I guess you could actually do that. And I, so my apologies to Kate from like two years ago. <laughs> Thank you. 
Finally. Well, thank you. Just, All right. Can I interject here? We have to. Yeah. We have to go. So no, I, interject. I never got on the Hamilton bandwagon. I never did. I didn't have the resource. I never. I didn't. I wasn't a, a theater person. It was way too expensive for for me to to, to want to go see it live. Yeah. But it came out streaming on Disney Plus. I specifically bought these the package for Disney Plus because it included Hulu and ESPN because I do watch sports. And I watched it over the course of two nights with my mom. Had to put the closed caption on because I could not understand what they were saying because they wrapped so quickly. And during the course of the production, I found myself on the phone Googling to try to understand the context because the illusions are so, you have to know the history to make you know, the jokes and all of the innuendo. If you don't know the story of Alexander Hamilton, which I mean, I, went, I studied history, but uh, you know, that was mm -hmm. years ago. So anyway, I thought it was very well done, but hard to follow. Mm. It is hard to follow. The, the, it, it, the substance, you know, it's entertaining musically, dancing and all that production-wise, great. But the story and what they were talking about, I found it hard to follow without my phone. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was in the theater. Right. On my phone, Googling, like, why is... Who's Eliza? Like, why are the sisters, you know, you know, all that, um, you know, why did Aaron Burr really, you know, want to kill him? And uh, I don't know. I'm not there yet. I'm halfway through. Hold on. <laughs> I didn't know that they were friends. You know, I, I always knew that he was the one that, that killed him, but I, I didn't know that there, it was kind of like a Smallville thing, like Clark Kent and Lex Luthor being friends first. And now we're going to see how they get to be enemies. I don't know. Yeah, and and the whole point about Alexander Hamilton's personality, he was pretty abrasive and verbose. He was a prolific writer. I don't know that that really came through in the production. Um, I got the writer part because they were talking yeah, about um, the eighty-three essays or so, and he I wrote fifty-one of them or something. Yeah, Forgive me if that if those numbers are off, but yeah. Why do you, no, you're right. Why? Right, like you're running out of time, you know, that yeah. that that frenzy, I think, comes across. Um, but you're right. I have to listen with closed captioning because I have bad ears. Um, and so you're right. If you're not like really paying attention and reading and understanding every word that they say, it's hard to it's hard to pick up on it. During the uh, the first song, I couldn't help but make um, connections to Eminem's Eight Mile. Um, there's a lot of like the context that's the same and the rhythm is the same. So I, I was telling Tara about that and she's like, are you just saying that because it's rap? And I'm like, no, it sounds just like it. So she Googled it and somebody actually took the lyrics or Eminem's rap from eight mile and put it to the Hamilton music and it flowed super well and had the same kind of like, I'm going to take my shot. I got my one opportunity. And I'm like, wow. All right. So I'm not the only one that thought that eight miles should have made a lot more money than they did. Maybe they could have charged 800 bucks to get into the theater to see that 10 yeah. years or 20 years ago now. Wow. <laughs> God, that 20 years ago. That's I thought that they were referring to is, is more like pr uh, foreshadowing of the, Duel, but yeah. yeah, definitely. But I get it. I found that too. You know, they say it took him a year to write that first song. Wow. Really? And it was never. Yeah, yeah and it was never intended. <laughs> it never, it was not intended to be a, 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 a 
play. It was intended to be a an album. Huh. Wow. That's amazing. I had no idea. Mm. Yeah, right, it worked well, out for him. So however long it took, right? <laughs> no kidding. It definitely worked out for him. All right, we have to keep moving though. Sorry, I hate to like get us back on track. Last one of the awful or awesome outdoor dining, and I should note. We're recording this on July 8th, and I just saw a headline that masks are now going to be required outdoors. So when I wrote this script, outdoor dining was like the, the first tiny little inkling to get back to normal where you can like hang out, order food, have some drinks with friends. You're outside. You know, the, the waiter is probably wearing a mask, but if you socially distance, maybe you're not wearing a mask. And that's, I think that that's not going to be the case tomorrow or next week. So, so you're saying that you would yeah. have to wear the mask while you're dining and thus I maybe think, can't dine? I think. Uh. I think so. Yeah. So I was going to say awesome because it's nice to be able to see friends, even if it's socially distant, and it's nice to have that comfort of ordering you know, appetizers for the table and getting around to drinks and it's comforting, you know, haven't done that in a long time. Um, so I would say awesome, but I'm not sure how I would feel if, if it comes with a mask. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, going back to my thing with the, the haircut, you know, the barbershops and the salons, you know, like I, I, I'd hope we could trust the companies to kind of do what they need to do to make this safe and healthy and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, from the beginning, I, I was very skeptical about the outdoor dining because I don't know if this is outdated information at this point, but I remember in the beginning, they were telling us like, you know, you need to socially distance six feet, but if you're outside and there's wind, it could be even further because of, you know, the, the traveling of the droplets with the wind and all. So I was like, indoor dining seems safer than outdoor dining, you know, if you have oh. the masks, but I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah, I'm not an expert on that, but yeah. I, it sounds like it would have been awesome. I didn't get to do it yet. You know, I, I haven't done any outdoor dining during yeah. all of this, but I've uh, only done it once and I probably won't do it again now. <laughs> what, what about you? What do you think? I'm outdoor dining. I'm awesome on it. I, I you know, I, I'm sick of being in and uh, sick of cooking for myself. I'm not a good, I'm not a good cook and uh, I like to eat. Um, I, I do not understand. I mean, I guess, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm happy to wear the mask outside. Of course you have to take it off to eat. So, yeah. but as long as we're separated outside, I think it's okay. Um, I'm willing to take a little bit of a chance. Um, and I do bring my mom outdoors to eat at outdoor places. Um, but, you know, we practice good hygiene all the time. You know, we wash our hands, we, you know, we get back in the car, we hand sanitize. When we get home, I make her wash her hands really good. I don't let her touch anything. We don't touch anything. You know, we really are careful, but, you know, it's a calculated risk. Yeah. Outdoor dining, though, it's got to be awesome because there, well, there's nothing else. Yeah. I don't know if this, this new... Um, what do you call it, executive order or whatever, will affect that or not. I mean, I know previously to this, they've always been saying like masks outside, except when you're at like, you know, dining tables and everything. I, plus, you know, you got to figure the people that you're dining with are people that you're probably 
in some cases quarantining with anyway, uh, except mm -hmm. if you're seeing friends, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish I could do it. I'd love to go out. I, I'm actually the original germaphobe, you know, like before being a germaphobe was cool. <laughs> I was there. So now that. that like the, the hand sanitizer is a lot more easily available. You know, I was a lot more open to going out and doing things because if I touch something, I can just use the hand sanitizer. Where before you had to kind of ration, you know, I had like one of those little things that you would get like off the counter at like, you know, wherever, you know, they used to have them in a bowl back before that became one of the most valuable commodities in America. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I've, I've been living off of one of those for the longest time and now we have a tub so I can do whatever I want. But you know. <laughs> of course that would be the way, just as like the things to help keep yourself safe become more readily available, new rules like clamp down the things that I could have gone out and done. Yeah. Well, but anyway, <laughs> on that downer, um, Roseanne, tell us, you know, I, I was thinking with everything going on, um, you know, you got a lot of people who are around people a lot more than they used to be. I would imagine that divorce is either up now or it's going to be up later. I know my wife has had it up to here with me. <laughs> so give us some advice for people that want to, you know, that need a divorce or want to start that process. You know, in, in a nutshell, you have to be prepared and preparation covers a bunch of different things. One is to understand your rights and responsibilities. You got to see a lawyer. Make sure you go see a lawyer that has a specialty certification in matrimonial law. There's only 150 of them in the state of New Jersey. I happen to be one of those. So it's a specialty certification. You want to know your rights and responsibilities. Second thing you have to do is uh, get your uh, information, your documents together. You know, divorce is about, in a nutshell, collecting all the information about what you have, what's at stake, and then figuring out how to divide it. You wanna save money, save time, be more efficient with your lawyer, start getting that paperwork together now. There's checklists and everything you can get on my website about how to do that, what, what kinds of documents you wanna to try to collect. Uh, if you have kids, of course, that you know there's not gonna be a lot of documents applying to them, but that's a whole nother issue. But the, the preparation is really key. Divorce is not something to be taken lightly. We don't, we're not advocates for divorce, but if you're going to do it, be prepared, help yourself, help your lawyer help you by being prepared, by knowing what your rights and responsibilities are and getting your documents together. That's, that, those are, if you do those two things, you'll be in very good shape. And then your lawyer that you pick should give you an idea of what your future is going to look like. If they can't tell you, then you got to go somewhere else. You want somebody that's going to be able to give you an evaluation of your situation and where you're likely to end up. So you have some comfort, right? You know what your future may be. Uh -huh. So if somebody wanted to start this process, how can they get a hold of you to take advantage of your services? Oh, they can go on our website, dndfamilylaw.com. D and then and spelled out? Yeah. G? D. Two D. Sorry, D and D. Right. Okay. And D familylaw.com. Awesome. I Thanks think so that's our show. Yeah, no, thank you no. so much, Roseanne. No, that's not um, our show. That's not our show. It's not, did, did I do that thing again? I always do that. Go ahead. <laughs> it's better now because we can just, you know, go off of it. But like, we, we wanted to promote our next episode. So, Kate, why don't you uh, talk oh, about I that? I was going to do that. I was just going to do that. Oh, okay. All right. You See, me of little faith, you know. <laughs> 
So I was going to say that is our show. But before we wrap up, we wanted to promote that on July 22nd, Vinny and I are going to be um, doing our very first live show. The aforementioned and much celebrated Sally Glick of Sobelco has invited us to interview Jackie Breslauer of Valley National Bank at the Sobelco Women's Executive Breakfast, or I think it's the Executive Women's Breakfast. Um, July 22nd, we'll, we'll get you the link somehow in somewhere in here. And uh, we're really looking forward to it. We were, you know, Vinny was ready to buy a t-shirt cannon. Uh, yeah, we, when we it had was been planning this be... since January. This was going to be a live thing with an audience. Um, we were so excited. When she says the t-shirt cannon thing, I was not kidding. It was going to be ironic. Like I wasn't going in there thinking like we're the Chicago Bulls, but it was going to be for the humor of it. Like we had so much planned to do this show in a live format and it'll still be live. It just, you know, we have to pivot, right? That's the word. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're pivoting. It's going to be probably via Zoom so that we can do live polling and people can talk to us in the chat feature. And we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll you can watch it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> you can watch it live. Um, if you happen to miss it, it'll still we we're gonna still get the recording and put the episode up the same way you would watch any of these other episodes. So, you know, we would encourage you to go either way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, and that is the show. Thank you to our listeners, especially subscribers. We appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comps. So check them out. And finally, thank you to Roseanne de Torres of de Torres and de George Family Law and the brand new chair of our Women Business Leaders Council for joining us today. We will see you all next time. Bye.